This is 40Cast, the podcast about Fortinet technology. Today, we have something a bit different for you, an episode of Fortinet's newest podcast, 40Guard Threat Intelligence Podcast, aka 40Guard Tip. This podcast provides highlights and commentary into top cyber threats, data breaches, and cybercrime. You can subscribe to 40Guard Tip and 40Cast through Apple Podcasts or any other podcast app. Welcome to 40 Guard Threat Intelligence Podcast. I'm Alex Harvey. And I'm Douglas Santos. So today we've got four topics. Uh, G Suite password stored in clear text, Flipboard database hacked, uh, hidden WASP malware, and the last one is Gatekeeper Bypass on OSX. With that, G Suite. So G Suite is Google's uh, enterprise suite, also used to be called Google Apps. Um, it's their mail platform and documents platform for enterprise. So Google for my domain, for example, would have been kind of the name people might have been calling it. And inside of it, they were storing passwords in clear text when an admin would do an admin password reset. So if an administrator went into the system and did a password reset, it would actually store that reset password in clear text. Um, and it happened that this was going on for 14 years. Yeah, not, it's not something that happened like a week ago and so, well, there's something wrong with this. It's been yeah, a long time, right? It's, yeah, it was there well, for a very long time. Um, they're only saying some are affected. Um, interestingly enough, it's only the password recovery workflow, which is kind of the interesting thing I've said mm-hmm. is the admin has to log in, go and reset the password mm-hmm. for a user, and then it gets set in clear text, essentially when it's being set by the administrator reset command. Um, so it wasn't being hashed at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but as soon as the user would log in and change that password, it would get hashed. Um, they're saying there's no evidence of access, but mm-hmm. keep in mind any uh, Google admin that would have been working on any of those servers would have been able to go in and see this file full of all the passwords in clear text. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, just make sure that there's, uh, it's, it's only affecting the Google G Suite. So none of the free services that they provide is yeah, affected Gmail's by that. Not affected. That's because they don't probably have the password reset feature that's actually triggering this bug, right? Yeah, they don't have the admin yeah. portal to kind of allow the admin so. password reset. So yeah, none of the free services were mm-hmm. affected by this. Um, so this one is kind of an interesting one from the point of view that it is a kind of a, a software bug, right? It's a, mm-hmm. a vulnerability that was created by a very simple software bug. Someone was doing one step and they just weren't hashing the password before uh, storing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that can sure. happen. Yeah, yep. I, I've I've seen weirder weirder bugs. We've seen, yeah, we're <laughs> this, definitely... this is not as, as scary and creepy, but yeah, it happens. <laughs> yeah, we, we've seen worse. It's just uh, this one escaped capture for fourteen years, so that's pretty long lived. So the next one is Flipboard DB. Um, so Flipboard is a um, kind of a news aggregator. It's been around for a little while. They've got about one hundred fifty million users. Um, they're saying that some of their user information has been leaked, um, quote unquote, some. Um, they're still investigating the extent of it. Uh, they have pushed, uh, basically, password resets have been sent out to affected users or who they think are potentially affected users. Um, the hackers had persistence on their system for nearly 10 months before this was discovered. So, no evidence of unauthorized access, but kind of, again, another uh, interesting one or scary one. 
they're still doing their due diligence at this point in time. They haven't released a lot of information yeah. on the actual breach or mechanism of the breach. Yeah, neither how many users were affected or what actually happened if it was a software error exploit or somewhere inside. There's not too much information regarding this so far. Yeah, so all we can say is if you are a Flipboard user, we recommend mm -hmm. resetting your password and be aware that anything that connects with or uses Flipboard for some form of authentication or basically interconnect may have been um, breached by the fact that Flipboard has been breached for this long. Yeah. And make sure that if you did uh, use the Flipboard password for any other online accounts to make sure to <laughs> change yeah. those passwords because they pretty much they're, they're breached, right? They're leaked. There's a very good, I'm not sure if that breach is already included, but there's a, a Google Chrome extension that checks if your passwords you're using have been breached. That's a very good indicator. So you don't have to keep tabs on all the breaches, right? Yeah, there's a, there's a couple <laughs> of websites out there where you provide um, your email account. And if they see any um, breaches or anything that has your email account or email address in it, they'll actually email you and tell you which mm -hmm. breach affects you. There's a few of these services out there. They're all pretty much the same. Mm -hmm. um, they're kind of, all they need is your email account, which they already have if they have all the breach data. Yeah. Um, so basically when they get loaded with the breach data, they'll send you an email and be like, hey, your information might've been leaked via this breach because we see your email in it. Make sure to change your password. <laughs> yeah, make sure to change your password. So we recommend joining one of those. It's kind of a a good sanity check, but also just good password uh, safety. Don't reuse passwords mm -hmm. and things like that is probably a, a good habit to have. Yep. So an interesting malware called Hidden Wasp primarily affects Linux. Um, it's a targeted remote control Trojan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, different from most malware that we've seen targeting Linux, where they're mostly going after uh, computer as and computational resources for uh, crypto mining or even DDoS attack. This one is actually a Trojan. It's a, it's a malware that sits on your environment and it's trying to grab credentials, it's trying to look for information and give access, remote access to, to whoever has attacked them, right? So it's yeah. a change of, of heart or pace, if you... <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of a different one than what we've been seeing. Yeah. Most of the Linux ones we see are DDoS, crypto miners, mm -hmm. those I'd say were the two biggest yeah, ones we see for yeah. Linux. Um, we don't very often see um, ransomware, um, mm -hmm. but yeah, the, the crypto miners mm -hmm. are pretty prevalent and mm -hmm. DDoS are basically taking over the Linux host and turning it into um, a zombie for DDoS is very, very common. Mm -hmm. But this one is a little bit different in how it works. Um, it does share a lot of code with Mirai and uh, Azazel, Azazel yeah, yeah. rootkit. So it's got some similarities and some code, source code overlap. And also um, researchers have uh, done the looking at it have basically said that a lot of the, the code in it, there isn't anything really unique. They're basically mm -hmm. just leveraging a lot of the open source code yes. that's out there for Linux. They can basically just copy and paste mm -hmm. and stitch things together, mm -hmm. um, which means it's not really unique. Um, they are saying that it's got a very low detection rate currently um, based off like testing on virus total that it's got mm -hmm. a very low detection rate. Mm -hmm. But that also leads me to believe that it's potentially not very widespread at the moment. Because typically anything that's got any real footprint or any real uh, visibility is going to get flagged pretty quickly on virus yeah, total. And the, uh, all the different um, antivirus companies will start mm -hmm. to have signatures for it. So it's mm -hmm. probably not very widespread yet, but it's probably going to grow in the next couple of months, obviously, if it keeps up. Yeah, just got to keep in mind that this, since it is a Trojan, it is trying to carry on its its activities by hiding itself into the system by hooking some system calls and hiding its its presence specific specifically from networking uh, commands so if you do a netstat 
Uh, it's kind of hooking the functions that Netstat will call and will probably not see any uh, information on network level uh, sessions that are attached to processes. So there's a few things that you can do. Uh, there's a very good article online uh, from this uh, company called Interzer. They, they, they were the ones that, that did the initial uh, discovery. So there's a few things that you can do to make sure that uh, your system is, uh, is infected. Uh, so uh, one of them is basically trying to see if you have any command and control communications by doing a Wireshark on the, on the, on the net, on the uh, ser server, yeah. on the server host. Uh, looking for port 61061. This is a, a port that they are using right now. That nothing uh, nothing impedes them from from changing this port. So, but so far is one of the ways that you can go around to see if you are you have this kind of traffic in your, on your network. Yeah. So another thing is with something like a firewall in place, you'll be able to yeah, actually take a look well, at the firewall level. Yeah. And that's kind of the the easier way than trying to go host mm -hmm. by host in your server yes. farm to look for it. Um, so that's another way. And since it does use a kind of fairly well-known command and control mm -hmm. at least at the moment that's what it seems like it should be detectable um, with current or with minor changes to IPS mm -hmm. rules so it's just it's a different one at least from a Linux standpoint we haven't seen one that's targeting remote control uh, we usually see as we said um, rent the crypto and uh, DDoS we don't really see remote control for Linux yeah. and the last one is gatekeeper bypass on OSX so Gatekeeper on OS X is kind of like the same thing as Windows has when you download something from the internet and you go to run it, it goes, this isn't signed, are you sure you want to run it? Click yes, or um, it's that first initial check of like, this isn't something we know, it's not trusted. Are you sure you want to run this? Um, so Gatekeeper is the equivalent on OS X. It's been around for quite some time. Um, it's a little bit anno more annoying than the Windows one because you have <laughs> to jump through some extra hoops to run stuff. Um, but it's quite an effective warning when something is not trusted. So if you're downloading something from a known place, it's supposed to be trusted and it's not red flag, people might not run it back mm -hmm. up and go, okay, what happened here? Um, so the bypass is kind of a very convoluted <laughs> way of dealing with it. Yeah. Um, it has to do with a mounted drive, be it USB, CD, or a uh, archive volume that's being mounted as a mm -hmm. disk image, essentially. Mm -hmm. And when that gets mounted through something called AutoFS, um, if a file is there that might be slightly modified but is signed and you run it, um, it will allow you to basically trigger something that's not signed. Mm -hmm. It's it's a very convoluted yeah. scenario. It, it depends on a lot of, of variables as well, right? Yeah. The user must be tricked into opening that, that attachment. The, Attacker must either insert a USB into a someone notebook or, or CD-ROM or, or CD-ROM or <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen. Or, or hosting a network share which yeah. the user may have access. So it's it's kind of tricky to carry on, but um, uh, it, it 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 has been tested and it, it looks like it's working on macOS Mojave 10.14.5. Uh, something that is not actually clear. Uh, it looks like Apple has released a, a bug to fix this on 10.14.4, but according to some some researchers, they still are able to exploit this issue on 14.5. So that's not it entirely. Not patch, yeah, it yeah. might not be a complete patch, or it, it might be a, a patch to 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 an issue that was kind of similar, but under different circumstances could still be triggered. Yeah. So. These files, basically when you download something mm -hmm. from the internet or that from an unknown host, um, Apple, the operating system OS X will mm -hmm. set 
an option called com.apple.quarantine. And that's kind of the flag. Uh, Windows has one similar to it that basically tells the operating system, this came from the interwebs, take a look. Mm -hmm. And then it will take a look. If it's signed, then it will allow you to kind of jump through it without getting as many warnings. But if it's not signed, you get a whole bunch of warnings. So this basically bypasses that. So even Mm -hmm. though this is set, um, it skips over it because of the path that you're using to kind of get there. So, but it's, again, it's a very convoluted, like if you get asked to jump through this many hoops to start an application, you're going to be asking a lot of questions or you're going to give up long before you get to it. (laughs) Um, But it sounds like there might be somewhere in there that there's one of the run or um, fork, basically, if you want process forks, that's not going through the normal checks related to this flag. So maybe someone will figure out an easier way of exploiting or using that. Mm-hmm. But at the moment, even though it's there, it's not it's not practical. Yeah. It doesn't mean people won't try to, to yeah, people use will that. People will try and use it, <laughs> that's but it's true, not You can practical. be sure of that. <laughs> it's just not practical yeah. at this point. And with that, that's all we have for you guys this week. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Have a good one.